Do you ever find yourself thinking or saying nothing can go right today? Have you had someone say, just look on the bright side or think positive in response? The mindset of remaining positive through it all can be hard for those involved, and many may not realize the effect they are having on others. Do you find you struggle to share your emotions and put on your mask when having conversations with enthusiastically positive personalities? Beyond Camp is ready to dig into toxic positivity and how we can navigate the use of healthy positivity with those that surround us. We're so excited to share this conversation with you today. Welcome to Beyond Camp, a podcast for summer camp directors and leaders by Go Camp Pro. Beyond Camp explores the intersection of camp and the rest of our lives. Camp professionals know that all aspects of our lives affect our camp experience. And Beyond Camp is here to dive into the messy, brave, and joyous conversations that surround that fact. Check out our show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. Beyond Camp is brought to you by the American Camp Association, Illinois. Sending thousands of children from economically disadvantaged households to camp and providing intentional services and programs to today's diverse camp professionals is at the core of the American Camp Association Illinois' mission. Learn more about upcoming programs by visiting ACAIL.org. Before we get started with today's show, we've been talking a lot about how we are feeling and what we assume you may be going through. But we want to know what you are going through, how you are feeling, really feeling. You can send your thoughts to beyondcamp at gocamp.pro, and we will discuss it live on a new segment coming soon. Welcome to Beyond Camp, where we explore the intersection of camp in our lives. For too long, camp professionals have referred to camp as being in a bubble, and we are here to burst that bubble. We know that camp intersects with every aspect of our lives, and we're excited to delve into those. We are your hosts, Rachel Kent. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Cassie Bloy. My pronouns are she, her as well. And we are here to go beyond camp with you. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening now, and be sure to check out the show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. Now, let's get started. Today, we're going to be chatting about toxic positivity, which is actually a term that I learned during the pandemic um, on Instagram of all places. Instagram has become surprisingly uh, educational these days, I found, if you're following the right accounts. Um, And the psychology group defines toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. And I think for a lot of people, this has flared up, especially during the pandemic. Um, I saw once this was on Instagram and I saw the people commenting on it, it seemed to really be a light bulb moment for people like, wow, this is something I've been experiencing. And th- finding that label for it was really powerful for people. Um, and Cassie, it was you who was like, oh, we should, we should really delve into this topic after seeing it on Slack. Um, and I'm wondering how you've been affected by toxic positivity. Yeah, I think through the pandemic, especially like there were times when I just wanted to be like, you need to stop or use maybe some choice language uh, towards people when they were just purveying this overly positive messaging. And I just wanted to be alone and not have to deal with that energy because I wasn't feeling positive. And for me, it was really hard to, it's hard for me to express positivity if I'm not actually genuinely feeling positive. Yeah. And it's a fine balance, right? Between like, wow, you don't want to be like negative Nelly as people call it. Um, but you also want to be realistic. Uh, 
I find toxic positivity to be really, really tough when I'm faced with it because I find, especially in times of crisis, when things are hard, so during this pandemic, I'm very fact-based. Like, I love to know the numbers. Um, My poor friends and family have been hearing, like, stats every single day since this started. Um, (laughs) And so I like to present those. And sometimes those stats and statistics don't lead to positive outcomes or don't show positive outcomes. Um, And so when I share things with people or I tell them about what's going on with my life, um, and somebody responds with this toxic positivity, I just feel like I'm not being validated and like I'm not heard. Um, and for me, I don't wouldn't describe myself as an overly negative person, but when I'm feeling those emotions, I need time to sit in it. I know that I'm going to move on, but I just want to be like, give me some time. Like, can you not just respect how I'm feeling? And then sometimes it straight up makes me angry. Like, you're not understanding what I'm going through. You're not respecting it. And I found that sometimes when communicating, um, what was happening with me with work and with camp to other people. And people were like, whoa, but like, think of all these great things. Like you can do all these things in the summer. Um, you know, like you can go to the beach. Uh, sure. You can't like go into bars at the time or restaurants at the time those weren't open, but like you can do all these great things and like, there's going to be great things out there and at least this and at least that. And I was like, whoa, hold up. You are not hearing what I'm going yes. through right now <laughs> at all. And I was just angry about it. Um, it was really tough. Yeah, some of those conversations also left me feeling not good enough. Like I wasn't doing enough to try and do those things, especially as everything progressed. Like I wasn't, you know, actively trying to get outside every day or to go do something as everybody was like, oh, but because of all those, at least, at least this, at least that. And I think we're going to cover that at least a little bit later. But uh, it just was like, wow, I'm not good enough. I don't have, you know, I don't have the energy today because I just, need to sit with where I'm at. For sure. And I think sometimes when I'm faced with toxic positivity, uh, it forces me to mask my emotions, which is something I feel like I'm already really good at, which is not (laughs) necessarily a positive thing. So it doesn't lead to positive coping mechanisms for me. Um, Yes. So sometimes I worry that I'm being like I am actually the one who's practicing toxic positivity that I'm like, okay, but like I've seen all this data and like things could get better. And so I'm trying to like counteract my feelings with this toxic positivity. And when I mm-hmm. saw this post on Instagram, I was like, oh no, am I this person? Um, and so I'm constantly checking myself when somebody comes to me. I'm like, oh, is this how I should be reacting? Am I helping this person? Because I'm trying to hold space for them and people are you know, they're underwater right now. Like for a while we were treading water and this has been going on for a really long time now, the pandemic. Yeah. Like, For how many months into it, there's so much confusion where I am. There's a lot of discussion about schools opening. It causes a lot of stress and people like are starting to slip. Like they're starting to drown a little bit. And so my instinct is to reach out and try and help. But then I have to check myself. Am I practicing toxic positivity by not just holding space for those negative emotions and by sharing all my positive emotions? Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'm doing that as a way to set boundaries, but not necessarily in a healthy way. What I should be doing is saying, thanks so much for chatting with me. I need some space for myself. Come back tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's really, really great to recognize as well, because, you know, we, this is a fairly like new term and we've talked about, it's been talked about, but I don't think it's ever been directly addressed until more recently as well. And you know, I think we're all prone to masking those feelings and practicing toxic positivity at some point. And like, to me, I feel like we maybe dive into it a little bit when somebody's venting to us and we're just like, oh yeah, it'll be all right. Just think about this. And, 
but what about that? And it might not be like directly positive statements, but anything, you know, in those moments where we actually need to empathize and hold that space that we need to kind of check ourselves and be like, yeah, this is what I can provide right now. But as you were mentioning, being able to, you know, set those boundaries and say, no, I can't have this conversation. I need, I need time. Yeah. And I think sometimes I hide behind toxic, uh, toxic positivity as a way of, um, like a defense mechanism, like, well, I can just put on this front and this will, will make me feel better. Um, and will make other people perceive me as a stronger leader, especially, you know, as female identifying folks, there's a lot of expectation around how we carry ourselves. And if we're emotional, um, it's seen as like, we aren't valid as leaders. Um, you know, like we're too emotional, we're crazy, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially during this time that's so emotional. So I think toxic positivity, we think of, okay, like I need this to show that I'm strong, to show that I have it all together. Like, sure, things are going to be okay, even though like I'm kind of crumbling on the inside or like, you know, I'm that duck floating on the water calmly, but my feet are just like paddling like mad underneath <laughs> me. Um, and I think that's sometimes what toxic positivity is, is that we're hiding that. And we need to address that because as leaders, especially as camp leaders, we need to role model that to our staff and to our campers of like how we work through crisis and like realizing that and seeing the reality of that. Yeah, definitely. And like having these conversations with people as well, it can be really difficult to help manage those expectations and to, you know, address somebody who is putting that positivity and that toxic positivity on you at the same time. For sure. Um, When I step back and see toxic positivity in other people, um, I see it in, in two lights. I see it the first, uh, personally, like when that happens in my life, my reaction is just to walk away. It's when people react with po- toxic positivity or they're just like, everything's going to be fine. Every- like, you're, you're great. It'll all work out. My reaction is just to not ever approach them again with my problems, which I think sometimes yeah. is damaging to my relationships. Um, and so something I want to work on is being able to say, hey, you know what, actually what I need from you right now is for you to just listen um, or to react in this way and let them know and give them that empowerment. Because yeah, when I don't get the reaction that I'm looking for, I, I just go elsewhere. I just hide from it. And that's not necessary, necessarily healthy either. And then I think professionally, when I'm dealing with somebody who is exhibiting just this like over the top positivity about everything, um, is numbers speak, try and quantify things. So take the emotion out of it when I'm presenting things to be like, this is what the numbers are saying right now. Um, this is like the reality. This is the scientific evidence. Mm-hmm. This is what others are doing and really take my emotions out of it as well in the hopes of allowing the other person to not react as emotionally and just lay it all out because that is a really good grounding piece, those numbers to solidify that. Yeah, I really like that you can, you've divided that up per- personally and professionally. Like, I think there are two different variables there that you can really account for. And I definitely agree with like when it's personal, I'm like, you know what, this person no matter what it is, this is just too much for me. And I will walk away. That, that's a lot easier when it comes to the, those professional relationships. I find it a lot more difficult to have those conversations with somebody. Um, and it got me thinking earlier today about kind of before I worked at camp and I was doing some coaching training and they always have this worksheet where they give you all these lists of like negative things and you have to change language to make them positive. And how maybe that has influenced this positive environment that we live in and how that might be 
overall affecting generations of youth mm-hmm. in the past and into the future as well. Like when we as leaders and coaches are told to correct mistakes with positive language only, how does that, how does that affect us in the long term? That's so fascinating. And I think another thing about being really positive all the time is the fact that we aren't recognize the, recognizing the privilege we have when we speak from that place. Um, when I think of people who are like, well, this is all going to work out. Like, you're going to be fine. You know, like, do a little bit of extra work, et cetera. Have maybe um, never had barriers presented to them, have never had systems that were just not set up um, for them to succeed in. And that can be really challenging. Um, and so I think I have to check myself where I'm like, what privilege am I carrying right now in this situation that is allowing me to see things in such a positive light or to like see this hope that somebody else isn't seeing or to create this hope that isn't there for other people. And I think that's really important. I think that also plays into this um, making language positive is we're telling people like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Um, But where's that privilege coming from? Yeah. And I think that kind of maybe for me, lies into like, how can I set my boundaries as a leader in that, in those conversations as well? And being able to like step back and implement that from the day one of the interview process of onboarding staff and, you know, setting boundaries about conversations and expectations and energy levels and such, like, how do we help others learn this as well? Yeah, I think being realistic about things and creating an environment where you're not shying away from things, where you're recognizing that people come from different places of privilege and some things are, um, systems are set up to be easier for others and that that's problematic. And then I think also recognizing um, when campers are trying to do things or staff are trying to do things, like these things are hard Um, and integrating that language into it, like saying it's okay to say these things are hard, like we're going to do hard things together. The summer is going to be challenging um, and reframing a lot of that language. I think when we're talking with people and they're presenting this positivity all the time, um, a lot of it comes down to how we frame it. So if I'm talking to somebody saying right now I need to complain or right now I need to vent Um, right now I need advice. Setting up that frame allows the other person to react in a way that's useful to you and also empowers that person um, to feel like they're being useful and they're being helpful because maybe their reaction is just to like give you hope because that's what they think you need Mm -hmm. even if that's not necessarily true and I think that you can set that up through staff training as well as to you know when our staff are talking to kids be like what is it that you need right from me right now and then that helps you be able to provide that like we can't read each other's minds let's take some of that (laughs) guesswork out of there like let's just make life a little bit easier for ourselves by asking for what we need. I think it also gives people the choice then to engage in that conversation or to say, hold up, no, I don't have the ability to have this conversation and to take what you need to let out off on right now. And it might create like an overall arching, healthier environment. For sure. And I think all of this recognizing toxic positivity, recognizing how we can have conversations around it, how we can move past it does contribute to a healthy environment. And we'll come right back to that after this break. ACA Illinois loves to try new things and believes it's how we create the most dynamic impact for our campers, staff, and community. This is why ACA Illinois always jumps at the chance to collaborate with content experts and countless volunteers to develop new and innovative programming. Camp directors love to dream big, and ACA Illinois is here to support them. The Women in Camp Summit is a great example of this. A new and innovative volunteer-led program needed support in ACA Illinois stepped in. Cassie and I both can't recommend this highly enough. 
and it's an incredible example of ACA Illinois backing a grassroots movement. ACA Illinois is ready to support content experts who are providing cutting-edge training to camp directors at conferences and training opportunities, including Michael Brandwine's Super Seminar for Dynamic Camp Leadership. I can't recommend this one enough to anyone who is looking to change up how they lead and teach leadership to their staff. If you have attended a conference session of his, you would likely agree that there could not be a better person to teach how to lead by example. When the pandemic hit and new and innovative ways of training and reaching camp professionals were needed, ACA Illinois led the way to help helping the Women in Camp Summit go virtual and hosting numerous online trainings, webinars, and more. The pandemic called for innovation in a brand new way, and ACA Illinois did not back down from the challenge. Ready to help us achieve this mission? Join us at acail.org to find out more information and be part of creating new opportunities for camp pros. So, Cassie, we've talked a lot about toxic positivity, and I know you have a little bit of uh, experience with this, and I was wondering if you could share with me and all of our listeners um, a time that you noticed this at camp and how did you manage it and what happened? Like what came out of that situation? Yeah. And I don't think I actually maybe noticed it as toxic positivity in the moment, but as I'm learning about toxic positivity, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I really think that is what the actual struggle was. So I had a past staff member. um, He held a couple different positions over a few years um, and he was always positive, cheerful. He was like that hype person that you have on your team, right? The one you want that just picks everybody up and keeps everything going. And, you know, it w- I think it was great as frontline, but when I moved him to leadership, it became a little bit more of a struggle. At the get-go, it was great. Um, it really kind of helped bring everybody together. But I found it difficult to help manage his positivity in a way that could then be beneficial to the entire staff team. And over the course of the summer, I could see it having a toll on the staff team and their relationship to his leadership style as well. It made it for some people like, oh, he's just always happy. He doesn't give me enough feedback that's constructive. Everything's always, always tweaked to the positive. And you know, with all the different feedback styles I used with him, it still managed to hit that. And then one day he just kind of hit this wall and I was like, what's wrong? Like, you're not, you're not your usual self. He's like, oh, it's fine. I'm just tired, which, you know, to be expected in the summer, but it went on a lot longer and I was actually a little bit worried at one point. Um, And then I, you know, suggested he talk to somebody else and, you know, he came back and had a little bit of that, but it was, you know, it was hard to manage his energy level. And it was almost like, I wonder how people who are always in this positive zone manage that energy level that they have to have and maintain over a long duration of time. And it, especially when others don't reciprocate that energy. Yeah, I think that's really tough. And I've seen it in staff before where they they're super excited about everything. They set this precedent for themselves. Like, this is who I am at camp, uh, which is wonderful. But camp is tiring and long and hard. Uh, you know, it's the classic. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And mm-hmm. people have this incredible positive attitude. And then they, I find they crash really hard when they can't keep it up. But also that other people don't find them to be as genuine sometimes because it's like, yes, you can't actually be this happy all the time. What's going on? Um, mm-hmm. And that can that can rub other people the wrong way. And 
you know, going back to that privilege piece, sometimes it's people are like, well, you don't understand my struggle um, because you're just happy all the time and I've faced all this hardship in my life or had all these challenges um, and you're, you're not respecting that. Um, so I've always found that to be, to be really interesting. And so sometimes it's just letting the staff member know, like, let's dive into other parts of your identity here. Like, I yeah. love that you're like happy and excited and like stoked on camp. But, you know, we don't, not every situation calls for that like hype beast uh, to show up. <laughs> so uh, is it like opening campfire and we need somebody to delete all those songs and give instructions for a wide game? Like, yeah, bring out that side of yourself. Like, we would love that. Um, is it like bedtime and we're trying to get the children like settled and calm? Uh, maybe not the time for like hype beast side of you to come out. What other sides can we draw on? Um, and showing them that they're their personality is not just two-dimensional. They can find different sides of themselves. Mm -hmm. I really like that. That would be, I would be really interested in kind of diving into that myself as like a, how can we teach staff to reach those other parts of themselves um, so that they can be more of their authentic self and live in who they, they truly actually are. But I also have a problem with the word authenticity a little bit as well at times because it's become so common use. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't know that you felt that way about that. That's interesting um, and super valid in itself. And I think um, a lot of this starts with us. What sides of ourselves are we showing as leaders? As leaders, do we think it's important that we're always, um, you know, on on the game, uh, never making mistakes, always enthusiastic, uh, always mm -hmm. like, it's like we've just had three cups of coffee and we're raring to go because <laughs> what does that show our staff? Like our staff often want to be us. They look up to us and as do our campers, right? Mm -hmm. And so if that's the only side of us that we're showing, that's what they're going to emulate. And I think we often shy away from being vulnerable, especially when we're in places of leadership because we're worried about what people will think. But I think that that vulnerability and showing other sides of ourselves um, gives our staff a chance to emulate that. Yeah, I really like that. Um, it could be very useful, I think, to have that moment of vulnerability with your staff at some point during your training and such and through the summer so that they can really see that, you know, it's okay to have those moments and let them accept that they're allowed to have those moments as well. Yeah. And I think you can do it really intentionally um, with appropriate boundaries, of course, uh, yeah. because you're you have a professional relationship and it's going to look different for everybody. You want it to be genuine, right? Like you want it mm -hmm. to be real. But I think throughout the week, showing just by doing when, you know, it's time to bust out the hype beast and like be super stoked yeah. on the world. And also when it's great to just like sit quietly by the lake or um, wherever your favorite reflective spot is at camp and have a little chat um, and bring that energy level down and let them see all those sides of you. Um, that's really neat. And then it's also okay to be like, wow, like, you know, pre-camp is hard. This is what I think of when I think of the time period where we're going to be framing this for our staff. Like, pre-camp is hard and it's tiring and it's okay to let our staff know that. Um, yeah. To be like, wow, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go to bed early. Y'all also should as well. <laughs> um, that leading by example, I think we forget about that piece sometimes. Definitely. I think it's also important um, now that this word or the phrase toxic positivity has become so popular um, that we talk to our staff about why it's not healthy and why it can be dangerous. Um, and 
I think we have to we have to address it head on. Like we can do all these fabulous things, showing our vulnerability, showing other sides of ourselves, and dancing around it. But I think we also need to like label it. Like let's put that word up on a piece of chart paper and let's talk about it, um, because people might also. That. Similar to how I felt, like I was like, oh, I've never considered it. Am I being that person? Maybe people just don't know that. They're like, this is the way to be a superstar counselor is to just show up and be super enthusiastic all the time. Um, Or maybe this is like how I show up as a leader. And I think there's been so much of a focus on mental health recently that we need to talk about how this reacts with mental health. Um, Because I think this idea of always being positive and always being enthusiastic makes other people feel like they have to just suck it up. And we know that that's damaging and dangerous for mental health yes yeah it's one of those things like it like it always leaves me like in this feeling of like not good enough but then I want to be in that space because I feel like I have to be in that space because everybody somebody else is in that space and I know we've talked about it in some earlier episodes about sitting in our emotions and I like it's so important to let that be and feel that emotion and recognize and name those and just I don't feel like we can stress that enough. No, certainly. Uh, you have to just sit in those feelings. Um, and I think that I, I faced that a lot this year with the pandemic. Um, the phrase, you know, just because you you broke your leg and you're in pain doesn't make my paper cut hurt less. And I think sometimes that's applicable um, when we're talking about the world of toxic positivity um, mm-hmm. and recognizing that and recognizing that, you know, uh, my situation is challenging and I certainly have certain privileges that I carry with that and I'm seeing it through a certain lens, but I still have pain um, and suffering that I can deal with while somebody else is going through something in a different way. Um, and they, they both hurt right now um, and they might need different attention. So like obviously the broken leg needs more immediate attention than my paper cut does. Um, and so the focus is going to be on that to get that person stable and safe. Um, and then, but my doesn't take away from my pain or invalidate my pain. And I think that that's, important to recognize yeah and as you say that like it gets me on to like the topic of empathy and how that pulls into it and how we can teach people to be more empathetic and to change our language to portray that and then I'm like oh but when people try to do that there's often the silver lining that's brought up and Mm -hmm. how that doesn't always work yeah we sometimes like we want to help people see the silver lining oh like that's really terrible i'm putting myself in your shoes right now um type idea but it can it can be damaging because sometimes we need to sit in those negative feelings we need to be like this is okay that this just sucks right now and i think it builds resilience to be able to sit through tough things and to recognize that they're tough and to move through them to say wow this sounds really hard you're going to get through this, but this next period of time is going to be challenging. It's going to be hard work. Um, And I'm willing to sit here with you. I'm willing to walk alongside you, um, but it's going to be hard. And I think we need to hear that. I need to hear that sometimes. Our campers need to hear that sometimes. And so do our staff. Yeah. And as you say that, all I'm picturing is the Brene Brown video of empathy and they have the little goat that's sticks his head in and keeps going at least (laughs) at least (laughs) and at least you have this or at least you have that at least I can do this but and that's the what she describes as the silver lining and finding the silver lining but what does that doesn't really provide much it's that you know sitting with them and going 
hey, I'm here, I'm beside you, and I see what you're feeling, and is there anything I can do to support you right now? Yeah, and I think positivity is such a challenging thing in the time that we're in. I mean, it's challenging all the time, but especially during the pandemic right now. Um, and it's important to to recognize the place for it because there is a place for positivity and it can exist in healthy ways. Um, and we said it before and we'll say it again. It's okay to not be okay. And that's so important right now during the pandemic is it's okay to be suffering, to feel this pain and hardship and to have anxiety. And it's okay to sit in those feelings for as long as you need to. Um, and so when we think about like positivity and healthy self-talk, um, some great phrases that I often say to myself is like, I'm going to get through this. It's okay to feel this way. And I give myself permission um, either to be happy, which sometimes I need during this pandemic. And I've spoken about that before. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have to give myself permission to be like, wow, it's okay to feel great right now. And when I feel that way, um, I seek out other people who I know are in a similar situation. So my friend who's going through a really tough time, if I'm having a really positive day or like having something that's really exciting, I might not go to her right now because that feels like it would be insensitive. I know that I have other people who I can text or call um, who are more likely to emulate those feelings right now and who are sort of in a similar boat. Um, and just when things are hard, letting myself know that like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get there. We're going to get better. Yeah. Um, but not negating my own feelings, not shoving my own feelings into a box and ignoring them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was thinking about this and thinking about self-talk, I thought about not only what we say, but how we say it to ourselves. Because I find myself using a lot of the, I should. Mm-hmm. I should do this, or I should do that. Or I can be better. I should speak up more. Just all of this, like leaving it like, well, maybe one day, right? And I want to challenge myself and commit to changing my language structure around self-talk to I am or I will so that it has more impact. But it also had me like, as I was reading and reading about this and I was like, okay, so if toxic positivity is, you know, not healthy, how does positive self-talk work into that? And how do we change what we say to keep our self-talk positive, but not toxic, and to find that balance between how we talk to ourselves, because, you know, affirmations are said to be healthy, but which affirmations now are better than others? Yeah, and affirmations are an interesting thing, and I think they're different for everybody, and I think, for me, um, I've used them differently in different parts of my life. Um, you know, if I'm running or doing a hard CrossFit workout, I often will say to myself, um, you've trained for this, like you've prepared for this, you're ready for this. And I find that that um, I've used those same sort of affirmations uh, during a really like tough time in the summer. I've been like, okay, like you've prepared for this, you've trained for this, you're ready for this, like whatever's coming your way, like you're, you're going to be able to face it. And I found that to be really helpful. Um, Something that I've learned with affirmations is I've been learning, I've been taking a course and learning a lot about receiving feedback and the idea of like assuming that that feedback is coming with positive intent um, and seeing that feedback as a gift. Like, wow, somebody has taken the time to share this feedback with me, to put themselves in my shoes and be like, how can I make this person better? And it's not always easy, but I think learning to embrace that feedback and practicing it on a regular basis. We receive feedback. Um, we have a few projects so we can re- we receive feedback daily on these projects and it's a lot and sometimes it's challenging but really stepping back and receiving it 
has taught me to be okay with not being perfect. And that's really changed my self-talk and how I see myself. Um, it's allowed me to, to say to myself, it's okay to want to do this better. It's okay that that didn't go perfectly. Um, it's okay to receive this feedback. Um, and that's been a huge shift for me. I like that shift. Like you're talking about that feedback and it like just takes me back to, I just finished an interview process and in the panel interview portion of it, they were asking me about how I received feedback. And I was, I took a moment and reflected and I was like, I don't think I've ever received effective feedback. Hmm. Like that's the best I had for them because everyone, all of my previous like supervisors, mentors were like, Hey, you're doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing. I don't have anything for you. And I was talking with them again yesterday when we were going over some more of the criteria for the potential job. And it was like, they were like, you were right. Like you told us that you don't get feedback. And when we talked to these previous references, they were like, yeah, she, she just does everything great. She, she, just, she never needed feedback. But I feel like that's not, <laughs> obviously not ideal. And how does that help us grow and learn and continue to move forward? And it like really makes me think about how that self-talk in ourselves can maybe help direct that and how we can provide ourselves with better feedback about what we do internally. Yeah, I, th- I just think it's, it's so valuable how we speak to ourselves um, and how we internalize that toxic positivity. Um, like, mm-hmm. do I have to feel great about everything? Do I always need to be like pumping myself up or is it okay for me to say, hey, like, it's all right that we're, we're not going to get there 100% or we're going to make some mistakes along the way. Sometimes, something that I've been percolating on through this episode of we, as we've been chatting is I've had staff members who are like super positive and that's like part of who they are. And I worry that we're staff are going to feel like attacked, that we're going to like put to- toxic positivity up there, like I suggested, and they're going to feel a little bit threatened by it. And I think the way that we frame that discussion with them is going to be super important so that we're not just like attacking different sides of their personality, but that we're saying like, hey, this is something that can come off the wrong way. Here's other ways that we can frame it and other sides of your personality that can show you as more of a well-rounded person, a more holistic person, I suppose. Yeah, I like that because I feel like when our staff members are so much younger, they might not see the bigger picture of how it may play out through the course of a summer and the desire to continue to be good and amazing 100% of the time. Like I know for me, I always told my staff, I never expect 100% from you all the time. That's mm-hmm. not possible. You can't be, you can't give a hundred percent of yourself. I expect you to give, you know, somewhere between 75 and 85% all the time and keep that extra, you know, 15 to 20% for when you really, really need that energy and that positivity to come forward and, you know, pull that up then. Well, and that like, incredible positivity and enthusiasm can be a remarkable gift. Like, do you have to like move? Is it pre-camp and you have to move like 30 kayaks in the pouring rain? Wow. Bust out that hype beast mode. Like, let's get fired up and do this. Like, those are the people that I need up front right then and there to get everyone fired up about like 
this work that's probably going to suck, but they're going to be so excited about it. Um, so I think showing everybody the different parts of their personality um, and letting them know that, wow, there's going to be like some incredible moments where we need like that side of your personality to shine. And there's going to be other moments where we want to see this other side that maybe you're a little bit less confident about that we can like spin um, and giving folks words to communicate these things as well. I think that's so important. Um, don't necessarily follow my lead of just walking away from people who react to you with positive or toxic positivity. Um, use, yeah. use some words, <laughs> verbalize that, communicate that. And we need to teach our staff that as well. Yeah, definitely. Like those words, I'm guilty of it too. Like I'll just, you know, not entertain the conversation and mm-hmm, yep, sure. And then let it fizzle out and change topic or find a way to remove myself. But when I think about, you know, like those words, it's how do we change our language as well to help them and lead by example. So it has me just thinking of like, you so you say like, even to your general staff team, this will be a great summer. Everything's going to go fantastic. You know, that's probably going to come off as like, Oh, I have to do great. It's going to be, you know, amazing. But you know, as we mentioned earlier, it's that if we work together, this is what will happen. And there's going to be hard times and there's going to be struggles and we're going to learn and grow as a team and we can achieve amazing things and Mm -hmm. just changing how we say things and being more intentional in our choices. And then I think that goes for how we talk to ourselves too. So I'm thinking like, I will succeed. You know, that's a pretty easy, short affirmation but it doesn't really have any meaning, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of the phrase, I think it's a a Michael Brandwine classic of we can do hard things uh, or together we can do hard things. And Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of saying that to our staff, like, wow, we're up against a big week of kids here or whatever's happening. Like we can do hard things. It's positive, but it recognizes that it's about to be challenging. Yeah, I really like that. And I think that's a good spot for us to kind of wrap up on. And, you know, it's easy for us to focus on the the bad or the negative. But remember, when things go right, it's really hard for us to see what is going right. And you can find the positive in everything. And that's okay. But making sure that you're recognizing where that positivity is for yourself and for those around you. It is time for our recharge station. So self-care is critical to personal wellness in the good times and the difficult times. It is also something we as CAM professionals struggle with. How do you charge your batteries and what makes you feel inspired? Rachel, what is it for you this week? Uh, For this week, I've been trying really hard to implement lunchtime walks. Uh, It's been really hot here in Toronto, so sadly my dog can't join me because it's uh, just too warm for him. But a nice lunchtime walk and I'll listen to an audiobook or some music. It's my time where I completely disconnect. I often call people on my walks. It's my time to have chats with folks. But for my lunchtime walk, I keep it solely for myself. What about you, Cassie? Uh, Mine this week comes from one of the HBR subscriptions and it was to make a to don't list so things that I won't engage in or even when it was talking about goals of like how can I how can I succeed and what are those things that are measurable for me and what are the things that I can let go of and delegate or remove so make a to don't list 
Thank you for joining us Beyond Camp. We hope that you are able to connect and reflect with us as we journey beyond the property lines and bring camp with us. As we wrap up, we want you to be able to reach out and connect with us. You can reach myself, Cassie, at cassie.bloy at stefanricard.ca. Rachel, how can our listeners connect with you? I'd love for them to email me at kentr at girlguides.ca. Please be sure to check out our show notes at gocamp.pro slash beyondcamp. A big thank you to GoCamp Pro for holding space for these conversations, to the team at ACA Illinois for their sponsorship and continued support of this idea, to our producer, Matt, for making this sound great every week, and for you, our listeners. Your dedication and continued listening allows us to keep having these conversations. Beyond Camp is part of the GoCamp Pro podcast network. Check out all our other podcasts at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Go well and safely, friends. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Beyond Camp is a part of GoCamp Pro and the GoCamp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a GoCamp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.